You're listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Dumb Will Speak. I'm Roy. And I'm Chaylin. How are you doing today, Chaylin? I'm good. As our experiment continues, as we try this, we are always experimenting. Once again, we're mobile, or I'm mobile as opposed to being in the studio with Roy. And uh, so now we've even, I've even went down to a uh, iPad. And I'm reminded, so, of we'll the, I'm reminded of the 1989 Tim Burton Batman where Jack Nicholson is the Joker says, where does he get those wonderful toys? Well, you're always buying, <laughs> buying new gadgets. And so today we're using different microphones. Well, I've had and, this for a while, but we haven't. Right. But that, but the well, microphone is this, the setup with the microphone is a, it's going to be a little different because of an experiment that we're going to do Sunday. Uh, as we record this, it's a Friday. I'm off because I work tomorrow on Saturday. And um, I believe you were off today as well, weren't you? I'm off every Friday. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> well, I say that, but you know. I'm off in the head most days, Chaylin, if you were being real. but I'm never up right there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I am fully un- fully not working today, and so we're knocking out an episode. Um with apologies to everyone, it looks as though the way things work in our lives during the summer, fr- July may become an annual tradition where unless we have some bonus programs put in the can to, to release, we'll probably take that month off. What do you think? What do you say to that, Chad? And I'm springing well, this on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's dang near impossible. I take a vacation uh, every July, I'm, at least one, sometimes more than one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not around. So, and neither, and neither are you, really. I mean, you know, is there was one day we thought about recording and then it just didn't happen. Uh, we had to change plans. Um, so if I'm not mistaken, we were, uh, I don't know, something with the kids. And I think we had ball games or something, you know, running our typical summers and my kids are young. Your kids are out. Actually, your son just got married. That's right. This is the first, so, first post wedding, uh, recording my son, who's what, uh, 22 years old. He got married. I don't know. He's your son. Don't ask me. Yeah, I think he's 22. Yeah, born in 2001. So, yeah, there you go. 22 years old. I still just picture the little guy that played guitar Yep. when you and I first met. Yep. I mean. He was real quiet. Would, did, sat, probably didn't weigh 110 pounds soaking oil. Just sat there and played uh, acoustic guitar all the time and and never said much. Uh, yeah. But now, now, he's, now he's married. He was married last Saturday. And so uh, congratulations to him and Kaylee. So to Colin and Kaylee, who are on their honeymoon right now. So. They left Tuesday morning. Where'd they go? They went to Gulf Shores, Alabama. And so they are staying down on the, kind of on the end as you're going out towards the bay. But you know where the bay is on one side and the Gulf is mm-hmm. on the other. As you sort of makes a little isthmus there. And then you take the, the ferry over to Dolphin Island. Well, we've always stayed at a place down there uh, right near the end. He said it's before that by a few miles. But it is on at the beginning, gotcha. at the beginning of that little isthmus there on the edge of the Gulf in um Alabama so he's there they left Tuesday morning for their their honeymoon they got like I say they got married last Saturday uh so I think he's been off work since last Thursday so over a week so when he does go back to work uh next week he's gonna he's gonna feel like he's starting a whole new job I think you know he's had too many days off like 12 or 13 days off so yeah not a bad thing not a bad and thing and then we no. talked about well then we talked about the experiment so we know what's so we tell everybody what's going on sure so our experiment this Sunday 
is we are finishing up a New Testament survey in Sunday school. Yes. So we are right on the cusp on that. We've been in that for an expended period of time since December, if my memory serves me correct, of uh, 2022. So we're now September of 23. So we're going to move uh, out of that, and then we're going to begin the study of Acts. So right. what we're wanting to do and we're going to do is just a matter of which setup uh, we use. We are going to pre-record, not pre-record, we're going to practice recording um, the last couple weeks, you know, the epistles of John and then Revelation as we do that survey over them. But as a lead into, we're going to try to record every episode of Acts. Yes. So as we do the book of Acts, we're going to try to record every one of those episodes to post, I'm assuming weekly. That's the plan. I'm probably going to let you get one or two weeks in and then we'll start posting. Um, you know, I'll check the sound, but I, I believe we won't have any problem. We've got the, the new recording device that we use. It's portable. I don't have to take the computer with me. With the new lapel mics that you picked up this past week, uh, some more some more toys. Uh, we, well, that, we won't and once need, again, that's... Yeah, those are going to be good. We won't need to pack microphones or anything like that, so. No, and we don't need pack, and these are very portable. I've got a little case. It's yeah, um, very small, and there's two lapel mics in there that we can hook up and connect. You and I both could have one because you and I kind of, we tag team the Sunday school. I mean, you help me. We're, we do it together. Um, and, um, but yeah, we're finishing through that, and there was a time I thought I prolonged it longer than I should, but I have said from the start, I'm going to take my time and do this the right way. And I just, you know, didn't get in any hurry. Um, no, no, there's no reason to. I, I just did not get in a hurry. And then, so that's what we will. It acts be as a very, on. a very rich book, often neglected. I say that, but it, I really do feel like it's often neglected. Um, you, you get random sermons from Acts chapter two and different things. Uh, you get entire movements within Christianity based on just a couple of verses out of Acts from time to time, including chapter two. So uh, we won't, we won't overly comment on that. I just, I just threw that out there because you know me, but no, uh, I mean, you're right. <laughs> I'm sure when you're it, teaching, you are you know, going to bring up some things, I'm sure, but it's not to credit to condemn or anything like that. It's just that, um, well, recently when you had me fill in, uh, I did a, a lesson on hermeneutics and I may have bored them to tears. I don't know. But, um, it was jam-packed because I was trying to cover a whole lot of ground in one Sunday, and I did the best I could with it. But uh, that's one of those things that um, it's important where your hermeneutics lie. And when we when we do when you do the uh, the the survey part on Revelation, you said that could take up to two weeks, and then after that, the following week, you, may, will, you will start at it may take longer, right? I think I said at a minimum of two weeks. Because Revelation has so many levels of uh, people's interpretation based on their hermeneutics. And your hermeneutics are often based based on one thing, how you view Scripture. And what I mean by that is, do you take it literally? Do you take it figuratively? Or do you just take it seriously and you're somewhere in the middle and you can understand that there are symbols, but there's also sometimes a plain text reading is the reading you need to take. It just depends on the situation. Um... I would say you and I are probably more in the, we take it seriously, not always literally, but we take it seriously. And then we take the, uh, the literal meaning when, when it's, when it's more likely that that's what it should mean. 
the plain things are the main things you, you've heard said before. And uh, usually the plain view, meaning the plain reading, is the meaning. But, often, but sometimes it's not, and you have to have discernment to know the difference. But you can get into some far-flung theories when you start not taking it seriously and not taking it literally at all and going in, down this route of everything is an allegory, everything is symbolic, and I covered some of that, um, uh, which is something we're actually going to do. We're going to do, a, do a, um, an episode on, either I'll do it myself or we'll do it together, another one of our defining our terms things where we're going to do uh, hermeneutics. I have an idea for uh, uh, a sort of spinoff episode after we cover that, uh, covering a, an example from a book, honestly, a book that you loaned me that I had no idea was going to go along with my recent infatuation with wanting to teach about hermeneutics. Um, there's a book you gave me about um, millennial views, amillennialism, postmillennialism, and premillennial. It's a it's all a, the four views. No, this is just three, and they, they were just and they're it's a debate. Oh, it's a debate. It's a back the, and forth the, debate book. Um, the one I knew the most was the post-millennial guy, as far as knowing his name and recognizing books. Was it this one books. that I had two copies of? Uh, no. Oh, sorry. No. Blurry. No. no, it's the other one. It is the three views. It is the counterpoints is what it's called. Series. Yes, it's it's Zondervan's counterpoint yeah. series. Yes. Like, they'll yes. have things like five views on justification and things like that. Well, this is three views on millennialism. This doesn't they, even, they don't even talk about the rapture. They're not interested in that. They are talking about... Amillennialism, postmillennialism, premillennialism, and it's yeah. It's I was thinking very interesting. I was thinking of they have one the four views of revelation. Yeah, um, uh, there is a book on that. Yeah, this is not well, no, 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 no. This is a counterpoint series, yeah, not but, the one you're talking right, about. And this is not the the one that I'm reading. Uh, but this week I started reading. Uh, the chapter on premillennialism from the point of view of the premillennialist. Uh, I think his name is Blaze. Historical, or is it covering all of them? He's covering it all, but he's taking a long time to get there. Sounds like you or me. <laughs> he's around. He's around the clouds. I don't remember who wrote? He's that. circling. I think his name is Craig Blazing. B l a i s i n g. If I'm, that's right, it's yep. off the top of my head. The book's upstairs in my bedroom, so I don't really know off the top of my head. But I think that's his name, Blazing. And he, um, he's interesting because he starts discussing where views come from to begin with. And he starts talking about um, spiritualizing the Bible or literalizing it. And he even talks about how you can over-literalize as well as you can definitely over-spiritualize. And there is a there are these two theories he talks about in hermeneutics. And I was like, oh my goodness, that would make a great little sidebar after you've already discussed hermeneutics, then give an example by using examples from this book or things you can think of in, in, in sermons that you've, that you've read or heard. And I thought that could make a little, just a little sidebar series, just well, two, one or two episodes. I don't know. I mean, in the future, uh, n near future, I'd like to get it done before the end of the year. But um, that was an well, idea. Well, we're also going to have Gabe back on. We got to right. have Gabe back on. That's another one. And that was schedules conflicting. He was gone. We were gone. Then, yeah. you know, that's another one we got to get back on. Then As you're talking about hermeneutics, I'm still reminded that I'm looking at it uh, on my shelf. The best book that anybody can read on hermeneutics, in my opinion, is still The Hermeneutical Spiral by Grant Osborne. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, it is a absolutely wonderful book. I mean, there's many books. Yeah. You know, actually, I've got it. I have two or three on Probably It's probably downstairs. It's probably not in where I... Yeah, here it is. Grasping God's Word by Duval and Hayes. 
I mean, that's a textbook, but they did a very good job. There are numerous books out there that will teach you how to properly use hermeneutics. And, and it keeps you from running down a rabbit hole yeah. of things that just don't exist. Because I told you the story multiple times of me as a young guy listening to people preach going, how do they get this stuff? I don't even see that. We used to talk but, about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, you and I talked about a lot. And so there was for a long time, I just run or steered away from teaching or, or, or anything until I heard John MacArthur tell the story on, um, Oh, I can't remember what part was of the Bible. It was, was it in. about rolling the stones away in your heart? No, that was one that he talked about that he butchered. Yeah. But there was another one that he went to a conference and somebody was going to, oh, was going to preach on the rapture out of the raising of Lazarus. And, you know, MacArthur's, you know, the guy's like, I, you know, gets done. He's like, bet you've never heard that. And MacArthur said, without kind of thinking, I was like, no, I haven't because it's not there. Yeah. You know, and, and so many times you just, you know, I would hear people like what you're saying was, with MacArthur said he he talked about rolling a stone away, roll the stone of faith, roll the stone of doubt. He's like <laughs> yeah. it was terrible, it was garbage. When he know? was a young man, in his and late, and I myself twenties. And if you're going to talk about bad hermeneutical sermons, I could use myself as an example. Very early on, I think you were there. I preached on the rapture from Revelation chapter four. Um, and then I heard a voice from heaven, and the door opened up, and I was, I was caught up in the door. Uh, I preached that as the rapture. That's the end of the church age. And then you entered in, you know, i.e. Uh, the dispensation, if you will. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, you've left I, you've left the seven ages. Of, yeah, it was terrible. I kind of remember terrible. that. It seems like it's been years ago. I mean, years ago. Man, that's when you were done in like 20 minutes. Man, those were the days. Uh, yeah, those days of. <laughs> Those those days are long gone. <laughs> when that church loved you because you were done, in t you know, because he would go on they for loved 35 me minutes. They was quick. He was always about 35, 40 minutes at the most, but anywhere between 30 and 40. And then you were, and with an invitation that went on for about 15. And then you were a uh, <laughs> 20 minutes and like a half a minute invitation. So, you know. Which now I have a zero minute invitation right. in about an hour. <laughs> of exposition, how it should be. Uh, and in, in my and opinion, we have a zero invitation. In my humble opinion, um, these uh, I will never do an invitation again. You know, not, I want to say that I'll never do an altar call again. I just cannot, still cannot get on a board with. I you know I just can't. I just you know, I I don't want to sing forty verses. Of, just as well, I it am. really should be 40 <laughs> verses of thou shall not be moved. No, yeah. I'm going to say thou shall not be moved. I shall not be moved. That's so, it. I shall not be moved. What it should be of 40 verses of I shall not be moved. Yeah. What is it like a tree planted by the water? Yep. You know, that's but, an old man. I ain't heard that song in I decades. Mean, <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know what part of, you look, know what you, you know where, talked about it to me. I was just going to say, you know, where a lot of this comes from, though, was the, was was backgrounds. We live in Western, yeah, we live in Western Kentucky, an area that is very much a revivalist camp type area. And it's not the only place. It's mostly, oh, you know, it's mostly. There's the other cringeworthy. Yeah. Yeah. Camp it, meeting. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, oh. it's, 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 well, I meant camp as in, you know. Uh, I know what you meant. Group. 
grouping of of, of people. And, and but yeah, camp meeting goes with it because it's part of that um, that revivalist mentality. You know that we got to get them in. We got to get them in. It's our it's our job to get them in. Um, <laughs> and they use that verse, go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in, as if that's that's all we're supposed to do. That's all the church is is a mission. Well, the church is a mission. Yes. But it is also the I body, do believe they. But it's also the body of Christ. And most of what goes on within the body of Christ is taking care of the body, right? Most of what you do in a what day-to-day is, thing is you work to make a living so that you have food, clothing, and shelter. Am I wrong? And so agreed. That's part of what so part of what most of what we should be doing in the church is feeding the flock of Christ, nurturing them, well, discipling them. That's how you bring people what in. What does what does Jesus tell Peter to do? Mm-hmm. If you love me, feed my sheep. Yep. Feed and my lambs. <laughs> he, he, he keeps saying it. He does it a slightly say, different way each time. A different, but he doesn't say, "Go find all those are saved," because I don't know where they're at. No. He already, as in, go feed my sheep. As in, they are my sheep. They will be my sheep. They're no matter what happens, they're going to be my sheep. Go feed them. Yep. Go shepherd that flock. Protect that flock, and and don't lord over the flock, but shepherd the flock. Yeah. And I think so many times now we, we just, we, we, instead of shepherding a flock, pastors think their job is to almost generate the flock. I mean, yeah. terminology may be better used. No, there, no, but. no, that's true. Uh, you know, you're, like I said, it's, it's your job to get them in. And when you have that mentality, you'll say anything from any point of any verse in the Bible to try to bring it all back to that. You try to bring every verse of the Bible back to salvation. You take that part where Jesus t- shows the disciples how the Psalms and the prophets were all about him and that they re- and that they revealed him. And you think that means that literally every word of the Old Testament from the Torah down down to the to the to the Nevi'im means this is Jesus. And it just means it's it's a shadow. Paul said it best in his description of it that these things were shadows. These were foreshadowings. Things to point the way. Uh. It doesn't mean that every verse in Esther or every verse in the Song of Solomon where where the groom is talking about the woman's breast is supposed to somehow picture Christ. You know? What was the verse Yeah, I Tim just said Hawkins breasts. said he wrote... No, what was the verse that... No, I'm laughing because of this. I was thinking of Tim Hawkins that had been signing. Everybody's like, oh, sign your favorite Bible verse. And he's like, oh, signs it. And he gets back and he's like, I don't think that was my first that there was like my he looks what he'd been writing all night and it was low i have a disease in my loins <laughs> and i was sitting here just thinking you know there are guys that'd be like look at this low i have a disease in my lo- you have a disease of the sickness of sin that needs this is what it's talking about like, yeah yeah i think he was talking about something else well yeah which is why we've got to do that episode on hermeneutics because i mean we'll we'll have a field day first off but also it's important I think it's an important thing. Well, we we use the term. We may have to revisit. Uh, What's that? Um, uh, we may have to revisit our. Um, uh, the, uh, IFB guys. Oh guys. yeah, yeah. That's going to be some examples of bad hermeneutics. Uh, horrendous. Psalm thirty-eight. You know, uh, for my loins are filled with loathsome disease. <laughs> Yeah. No. There are no soundness in my flesh, and I am feeble and sore and broken. I have roared my reason 
of the disquietness of my heart, Lord, all my desires before thee and my groaning is not hid from thee. Here's another one. For my loins are full of burning pain. Oh, someone's got a VD. You know, uh, so that's what I just said. So VD. That's what was Tim Hawkins. Just said VD yeah, on the did. podcast we, as well. We, you know, we, we've lost we it. This will be the most random podcast. I don't know how to title this one today because uh, I said, "What do you want to cover today? Do you want to do hermeneutics?" And you Phone said, call one hundred and one. And you said, "You know, let's just talk and see what happens." That sounds like a lot yeah, of which is scary wait, for us. That sounds like a lot of Baptist preachers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take this verse and it's going to be my springboard. No. I'm going to dive no. in to deep spiritual meanings. <laughs> no, I'll just go ahead with this. I might as well. Oh, go ahead. You know, I was going to do this, but God told me this morning I had to do this. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you just had indigestion. He heard the voice. Actually, God is very strict about preach the whole council. Oh, we're in so much trouble. You know, um, you yeah, may be, I ain't. No, I'm thinking about something else too. I've been I have another years, man. I have another plan and I'm going to do this one too. I have always I'm always full of ideas, but I am full of ideas. This one's a good one. I'm going to do it. I started reading Christianity and Liberalism. Jay Gershon Mitchum, right? Always heard of the book. Yeah. Always wanted to read it. Have the book, never read it. So, I started reading it. I read that first chapter and it's got me uh, into this thing of okay, how this relates today, and it has not aged at all. And I want to do a thing where I'm just going to do a little thing where every once in a while, every few weeks, as the spirit moves me, like we were just talking about, I will release uh -huh. a, a short commentary on each chapter. I'm not going to read the chapter on the podcast, right? But I am going to just do a little commentary on the chapter, and I may do some pull some quotes from it, that sort of thing. That'll be something where we can have some bonus material coming along. For those times when we do struggle to to um, to schedule, uh, because I can do something like that on my own here in the basement, and, and you don't even have to be involved. But we've got the uh, the Sunday school stuff. You I don't guess. need me for much, man. <laughs> Not true. Our main episodes are always going to be me and you bouncing stuff uh, and bouncing off the walls. You know, I've not really had. That I'm much, dead weight here. I've not had that much caffeine, Chaylin. I don't know why I'm so weird today, but I am. And. Oh, I did find a book on myself that I thought I would tell you about that I thought would interest you that I didn't know I had. What's that? It's a Philosophy and the Christian Faith by Colin Brown. Really? Yep. I thought that. I found that. I'm on, that's going to be one of the next reads. I just happened to see that up there. I'd set that out, so I wanted to share that with you. Well, when I finish this book on the on the millennial uh, traditions, I'm going to. I've got a book that a a guy from my workplace loaned me. That's interesting, and um, I've had this book for some time. I mean, he did an entire year of college, <laughs> and then came back and said, what'd you think of that book? And I said, oh, man. He goes, you've never read it. I said, no, and I forgot all about it. Do you still have it? I said, man, I would never lose your book. Your book is on a little bookshelf that sits between the two recliners in my living room. It is right there in my to-do list. I have so many books that are on my to-do list. Um, you, you and somebody else who always listens to our podcast. Actually, you and two other people Yeah. who listen to my podcast. Yeah. One I'll see this evening and the other, she knows who she is, uh -huh. um, are the only three people that I will let borrow books that I never worry about. I know who you're talking one about. One I'll see tonight. One I'll see tonight. Love you, Tim. 
Yeah. yeah, the other one, she knows who she is. Yep. That's I, all that books go out that I'm sure I'm going to get back. I know both of them, right? Yes, you do. Absolutely. I, I know who she is. Yeah. One of them, Brent. What was our book? 270. That what was our book that we absolutely, that we really should talk about on here one time? Um, the little black book, we call it. Uh, when you're ready for it, you can read it. Um, what is the name of that book? Um, George Varna. Yeah, it's Barna and another guy. Barna really just wrote the foreword and then did a, provided a few things, such as some statistics. Yeah, what was stuff. the name of it? Uh, it was great. It it, uh, it 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 pulls back where you get a lot of stuff. How, how a lot of things we do today, pagan Christianity. Really, pagan Christianity. That's it. Question. A mark. lot of things we get question today mark. is it, the whole title of, is pagan Christianity. Question mark. <laughs> yeah. It's where we get, you know, my thing with throne chairs. It's where we get the throne chair idea. The, inv- um, the altar call slash nervous bench slash, slash invitation, that sort of thing. Well, there was another guy. Actually, we, we kind of beat up Finney a lot. But in that book, if you look it up, Finney had got the idea from a Methodist preacher before him. Uh, and I can't remember the gentleman's name, but there was a gentleman name that was a forerunner to Finney that really made the altar call anxious bench whatever you want to call it that got to get them to respond got to get that emotion tweaked there was another guy that had that before finney now finney run with it yeah because he sort of made the whole revivalism thing across the eastern part of the united states and down to the south he sort of made that ubiquitous uh with our part of the country um i think i know who you're talking about i was getting ready to say I was getting ready to say that I thought I knew what Finney was before he just became a traveling evangelist slash revivalist, and then he would go to anybody's church. Pagan. Well, Sorry. aren't we all before we're born again? But anyway, uh, yeah, even some of his views of salvation makes me makes, makes me wonder. But I, Man, don't, I don't. I mean, but before I get into all that, I was a... I was thinking he was something like fairly traditional and solid, like like Presbyterian or something. I don't think he was Baptist. I think he was something, you know. Like oh, like old school Protestant. I don't think he was Methodist even. Well, and then, and then isn't he be- there he a became Finney, so far out? Isn't there a Finney? Um, not apologetics. Not commentary. Maybe it is a Paul or Finney theology or Finney. He wrote a systematic. Apparently, wrote a systematic theology. Systematic book. theology. Yeah, and we know someone who has it. He's been on our show still to this date, the longest program we ever recorded, over, almost two and a half hours, and our actual recording, our actual time together on uh, on video chat was over three hours. Where you get your? Oh, coffee. we did have it's, it. It's didn't where it? it's where you get your Spurgeon coffee mugs and other he paraphernalia. Did. He, yeah. Yes, yes. What's Pilgrim's the name? Coffer, my yeah, Pil- Pilgrim's Coffee. Yeah, on. yeah. We do need to have my him back buddy, on. Man. He said he'd like yeah. to come on and just talk because we we spent so much time talking, you know, the state of the church oh. and talking about theology man, that he, he was... said I'd like to come back and just talk theology. <laughs> Forget about promoting oh, my brand. Man, he was great. We, we had him on to promote his brand because we loved his brand, but you know, it's a guy with a Christian business. We wanted to give him some. Some some on air juice, you know, like we've got enough of a pool to give anybody any on air juice. But you know what I'm saying? We'll promote how we can. Well, when Todd Frill says the tens of tens of people listening, he's being facetious. We're being. Serious. We mean it. <laughs> I've I've oh. seen our stats. It's sad, but anyway. Um, it's actually not bad. We, our, our, our stats aren't that bad when you get right down to it, because we don't promote. 
But we don't promote nothing. We promote nothing. We don't have Twitter or X or whatever. Man, so much has Twitter. happened since we recorded. We recorded June 20-something. And so Twitter is now X. And um, former President Trump now has four indictments, including a state charge that could get him 20 years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, what else? Um, oh, and let's not forget uh, Lahaina. Is, uh, portions of Lahaina on, on the on the island island of Maui in Hawaii are just decimated, and our hearts, our thoughts, and prayers. Did go they ever out get the wildfire under control? Yes, but okay. they can't find they can't find all the bodies. And I, I don't want to be crass, but no. they, they've actually said why they are so burned that they're basically cremated, and if they touch the corpse, it starts to crumble in their hands. Cadaver dogs yeah, are finding were, bodies, that- but but it's still and only about a third. Have, has been searched. A third of the burned out area has been searched. So who knows? And, well, mo- and most point, of the people that are still missing uh, includes children. Well, at one point last week, um, I think it was toward the end of life, it was only 3%. I mean, so to tell you, they're not making much headway with searching. I mean, because of the sheer, sheer devastation of it, um, they're not making much headway because i mean it's just it's catastrophic man al moeller said today on the briefing he when he talked about you know let's let's pray for them and let's do whatever we can to help and also let's pray for those that are there in ministry trying to trying to be trying to comfort while they themselves are grieving and he said it was brought to his attention that he had he had lost track but that something like i don't know if he said four or six former students of his are actually there that's where they live. That's where they've been ministering. They've been oh, wow. doing church work there on the island of Maui. And they are there. And there's others in Hawaii that also went to Southern who are going to go over there wow. and try to help. And it's it's awful. It is awful. I listen to various podcasts that, that cover news. And two or three of them are Wall Street Journal related. And one of their one of their shows is just called The Journal. And they had an episode, I don't know, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, that, or maybe it was Monday. It was, uh, I had a long trip. I had to go out of county to, to go to a nursing home to make some deliveries. And when I did, I took the time to listen to this podcast. And there was a fellow on there who's who owns like four restaurants on Maui. He's not from Maui. He's but, he, but he's not even from Hawaii at all. But he's he moved there several years ago. He owns or co-owns four restaurants. Um, one was just burned to where, like he said, he, he had a hard time finding out where it was. He could Nothing looked the same on those streets anymore. Everything was burned c- completely to the ground, he said. And he couldn't tell, he couldn't tell um, where his building was, but he said he knows that one's a total loss. He's been trying to take care of the people that work for him and the guy that co-owns his business. He has him living in his house. The man who owns, who's, has that, he must have quite a bit of money. He's actually living out in, his, in a surf shack in the back of his property and letting other people, employees and his, his partner and all them, his business partner and that business partner's family, he has two full families and a couple of random people that used to work for that do work for him. He's got them living in his house. And I thought to myself, he may not be a Christian, but he's doing what Christians normally do in this situation and should be doing. It makes me wonder if he is a Christian just because, but I don't know that he is. But I, I, I was impressed with this guy, the things he was doing. And I was like, that, <laughs> that, that's, that's what you want to see. That's good humanity. That's not the bad part of humanity. You said Southern... And we were talking about hermeneutics. You know Stephen Furtick graduated from Southern? Yes, I do. 
Remember, we talked about that uh, maybe two years ago when you mentioned that there was – because that. remember, a few years ago, there was a push to have his uh, – uh, Degree. It's Masters of Divinity, I believe. I think he has an MDiv. Uh, to have it re- to have it revoked because of his, you know, wonkiness. Yeah, lack of he has left life. the Southern Baptist. By the way, yes, we, I don't know that yes. we've talked about that. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, when we talked, okay. when we discussed all that. Um, um, he has left the Southern Baptist, and you know, and then it. it um, the Southern Baptist gives me hope. I'm not very optimistic, but there is hope. I'm still very, uh, very cautious. I'm not. Um, I'm not convinced we're not going to make a hard right or I guess I say hard left turn. Sure. Um, in the real near future. Um, I mean, I don't think we're going to make a hard right turn. You know, I don't even think the right turn collides even in the scenario. Well, you know what, one of the reasons why he stated was a significant factor in, in their church pulling out, which is elevation. If you don't know that or not, those that are listening, if you don't know who Furtick is, it's elevation church. Don't they which, call which it gives us elevation ele- worship? Well, that's their music. That's oh, that's and, right, yeah. and lots of churches, and I've been guilty of it myself in the past, have used their music, okay? Especially a lot of Southern Baptist churches use their music. And a couple of their songs are actually, you and I have discussed it before. They actually had good theology, and I couldn't believe it because I found out it came from there, and I went on and, and used it. Well, don't throw it, out and, the baby with the bathwater. That's true. That's true. We'd have to give up a lot of songs from our history if we did. Um, Including those in your hymnal. That's, that is also true. But as James White always says, God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. Man cannot. We need to use discernment whenever necessary and where possible. And, and when we need to, we need to shut certain people down and say, no, we're not going to do their stuff. But there are times when if the song is appropriate, you, I guess you could use it. You know, Like I say, I, I, I have. Well, my, well, one of my favorite songs, and you sang it a lot, is Man of Sorrow. Yes. Not to be confused with Man of Constant Sorrow, but Correct. Man of Sorrow by uh, Hillsong. Hill song. Yeah. I love the song. I love the theology. I yeah. trust you as much as I do anybody with theology. And, you know, that's one of my favorite songs, you know, um, that you, especially when you do it, I love that song. Well, it's literally, the song literally covers the, basically the life of Christ and how he was born perfect. He was the son of God. He was sent down from heaven to fulfill the purpose of, of, of God's plan of redemption, how he lived a sinless life how the people turned on him, how he was put to death unjustly. He died a painful death, slow death. Then he went into the grave. He destroyed the the bonds that Satan has over the souls of man and over death, hell, and the grave, conquered it all. And then it says, see the stone is, is, is rolled away, behold the empty tomb. And, you know, it, those, those lines are in there. And, and honestly, they give me chills when we sing them because, I mean, I love, you know me, I love all songs about the resurrection. I just do. Oh, yeah. And that's one of those great that's resurrections. Easter was always so easy. Easter was always so easy for you to put together the service. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I could always. For those of you, for those of the listening that, that don't know, this is, I don't think we've ever covered this. How Roy and I met was Roy was the minister of music and I was the associate pastor. There's a, there's some listening that probably don't know. Yeah. That's how we met. So when you hear us talking about music exchanges, Roy was the minister of music um, and Sunday school teacher. Yeah. Um, and now we jointly teach Sunday school and you still sing, but you're not the minister of music right, right now. 
I did the and, uh, I but did that's how we met. The Sunday school class I did was the mixed adults, which is just the random grab bag people that don't want to go to. That it's not necessarily couples. Sometimes it was couples, but the it was It was curmudgeons. I I I used to say it was it was you know it was a mixed bag of nuts. So I mean it was really instead of mixed adults, just call us the mixed nuts because that's what it really was. Yeah, that's what it was. And that's I, what it was. And I did. Ha- I did. Funny. I used to make it a joke. Say we're the mixed nuts. And uh, I had a grab bag. We had a grab bag of people, man. Uh, we had people from. But it was a great class. Teenagers to people in their eighties in that class. It was odd. Yeah. Oh, man, there was one brother there, Kenny. Yeah. Man, when I still talk to him every now and then, and just a wonderful, wonderful deal brother who used to always walk up to you and I after yeah. service and go. When are y'all just going to tell everybody and let everybody know you're reformed? <laughs> We're like, well, A, are we? And B, what am I? I didn't know I was hiding anything, you know? You know? And I guess, you know, you and I said for years, we never put a label on it. But no. after a while, it's like, if that's what you want to saddle me with, I guess saddle if, me. I guess you know? if the shoe fits, I should wear it, right? You know? That's, look. Uh, uh, and the shoe fit, and, I'll wear it. And I know that on different occasions, he came up to both of us and asked us about two or th- about. Give me two or three people that you think are theologically good and sound to to read their books. And both of us told him R.C. Sproul, and he said, it must be something in the water. Are you becoming a Presbyterian? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I'll never forget in front of the most Armenian yes. Oh, yes, there was. Yes. I would ask the question by his wife. Could you please recommend the best book to read on election and irresist? No, can you please recommend the best book to read on irresistible grace? Which I immediately sent re- responded anything by R.C. Pro. <laughs> That's right. In front of literally well, the most Armenian pastor there is. Was that Kenny's? Was it Kenny's wife standing there? Wasn't she yes. also? She was a part of that group, right? That we no, talking. she's the one. That she's asked the one that asked. asked. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, she's the one. Is like, hey, can you please tell me what is the best book to read on irresistible grace and the doctrine of election? So, Kenny, if you're listening, the doctrine of election, I would also add Lorraine Boatner to that. You know, so, so I you, would also add that book. Yeah, I hope Kenny is listening. I, I miss Kenny, so he knows he does we, listen. I, I don't know well, if he good. listens every time, but he does listen. Well, now, and uh, speaking I, of which, my wife just texted me. I've got company coming in 30 minutes i got a grill for i forgot okay ah! i'm gonna let you go Damn, let sorry. me let me tell you my brother let me tell you what happened uh the other day uh, a couple weeks ago it was it was a week or two after we posted our last episode so it was so sometime in july it was after i got back from vacation so it was about middle of july well, you got fired no got, i didn't get fired he is actually technically so, my boss but anyway he's not the owner but he's the owner's son and he knows who i'm who i'm talking to because he's he's probably listening so listener nick hi and uh he couldn't see me wave but you could uh via camera i wondered he, who he is waving at like <laughs> who are you waving at i can't i can't keep my hands still I've, i mean you're just like yeah I'm, I'm very animated today i know i have i don't i don't i'm a teetotaler i don't drink so you you literally have sat in that chair the whole time and you don't know it but you've done this the whole time Rocking back and forth, yes, yes, I have. Oh, uh, I have. Like I would legs. get close up, far away. I felt like Grover. Here, <laughs> Muppets reference. Wow, we haven't pulled anyway, a pop culture ahead. reference in a while. So, um, he, um, he said, "I'm, I'm gonna something about recommending some uh, comment on some part of the Bible or something." I forget what it was. He said something about a study Bible, and he he said Joyce Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> 
He was angry at me. I said, I looked at him. I gave him a look like, are you serious? And he starts laughing because he's always got a straight face. And then until he, until he, there is a Joyce Meyer study Bible. Well, I told him that it actually is in the amplified Bible. So he goes, you know, I kind of like the amplified amplified, Bible. That's it. But he said, again, at the same time, the amplified Bible, it's like, it's almost like a, a commentary built in. It is a little wordy. There's no doubt about it. I like those memes oh, no, it's wordy. that talk about the different translations, and you have that where you have one way of writing one sentence, and then you have the King James that says it this way. Do you know the meme I'm talking uh, about? Where, the, yeah. where It's a kid saying, Mommy, I need a glass of milk. I'm thirsty. Yeah. You need to okay. Yeah, we, we'll do this sometime at another, no, another point. No, I, I kept thinking, and also I'm thinking of the I'm not a dinosaur. Sorry, my <laughs> mind went somewhere else. But but Nick said uh, we we've made a lot of references that that some people will we'll, get we'll today, get, and other people are like, what are they talking about? Well, Nick said uh, no. Your last, you know, the comments you made about her on the last episode. I was like, dude, I forget what I've said two minutes after I've said it. I don't know what I said. I ain't that the matter. truth. But anyway. Um, that's, that's that. why I always like, I mean, people always say, what are you thinking about? It's like the Tim Hawkins saying, man, I got nothing. I got two crickets playing ping pong, man. That is, that is I got, one of your man. favorite sayings. It is, man. I would say, what are you thinking about? I got nothing, man. I got two crickets playing ping pong. Well, listen, listener Tim deserves a good meal, okay, if he's coming over there. So I'm going to get off here. Well, he's coming off. to my house. I know. He's going to get it. And I'm, I'm going to let you cook for In the me. words of Roy, I, your stuff's restaurant quality in the words of yourself. That's right. I did say that. Oh. So, I like, I like your barbecue. I'm making some, I'm making some hamburgers. They'll be delicious. <laughs> and then I'm, smoked cream cheese. That's my wife. That's not me, though. I'm not a... Really? Mm-hmm. That you never great. had it? No, it sounds great. Smoke it in it, huh? Well, apparently they, apparently they love it. Y'all put it on smoker in a minute. Put that, some uh, rub on it. Yeah, put that... some oh. barbecue rub on it. I don't doubt right that now, at all. I see your mouth watering. In yeah. Your, eye. Your, whole, your whole expression has changed right now. Yeah, I could see putting that on some, like... French bread or something. You know. Well, then all those you carbs. And Sandy all those carbs I don't need. Extra food. <laughs> you all and right. Sandy load up. Well, Chalen, hey, literally, my watch just said. No, my watch just said, "Time for you to stand up." I have not moved from the chair I'm sitting in. It just told me you did it. So, <laughs> well, listen. Apparently, I stood up and didn't know it. Let, let's end on a serious note. You know, you know, and and and. And, and, and in all seriousness, yeah, and all I didn't want to say that, but I couldn't think of another word. So I'm. By the way, I am not editing this podcast. It's going out as is, and that includes the time you just sat there and fumbled over your words. And just now, when I did the same thing, they're going to get the the cream of the crop on this one. No, I seriously want us to close in a word of prayer, and especially for those in Maui that were affected by the the, the fire and and all that. And um, I just also. Want us to remember the people here in our country and throughout the world who don't know the gospel because I'm afraid that the church today is not good at actually pre- preaching the gospel. They're good at a lot of at doing a lot of things and bringing people in, but then they don't give them the whole spiel. Right, they want they want to yeah, give them they want to give them something to tickle their fancy and get them to come back and pay them a little money and things like that. And and you know the people that that do that, they're gonna they're gonna have to actually answer for that. And there'll be a double curse sure. on people like that who who teach that way. 
this this wealth, health and wealth and prosperity gospel, and just also the ones who just leave out the fact that you need to repent of your sins. So let's pray for that. It's not a, it's a, I think that's more of a general thing, which is just, we're praying for the lost and we're also praying that the church will have some, some courage in this time of testing, because I don't see a lot of courage and I'm not encouraged by it. Um, and, and I, and I want us to be, but I want to pray for that loss of life in Hawaii and for the unrest going on in the United States, for those that are suffering, the churches in the other countries that are oh. searching, surfing perse- persecution, because they are, and uh, if our if our listeners will just remember to do that on a daily basis, and also for the ones in your... Why don't you lead us then? Okay, I can try. <laughs> Why don't you lead us, man? Right. Lord, we... Thank you for another opportunity to approach your throne, the throne of grace and mercy and love, but also of righteousness and judgment and wrath to come. We know that. And, Lord, we're afraid that there's too many people in the world today that don't understand it. And we know that there's churches not doing what you gave them the Great Commission to do. They are not discipling the nations. Help us, Lord, repent of that, to confess that we need your power, the Holy Ghost revival, to actually go into the world and go in through our own homes clean out what's in our lives that we need to get rid of, the dross, the sin, the waste, the wasted time, the wasted selfishness, the things that we do to ourselves and to each other. Lord, we need to be holy people, set apart for you, consecrated, sanctified. Pray that you would do that in us, that we can be a light in the world for you and for no other reason, that souls would be saved and that you would get the honor and the glory and your kingdom would be added to. Now, Lord, I pray for those people in parts of the world like North Korea, China, Indonesia, Thailand, all the other places where they suffer and are abused for the faith. And for those who are living in the Middle East and in North Africa and Central Africa who face the risk of having their heads removed from their shoulders for the simple fact that they are called by your name and they, and they pronounce you as Lord and they are suffering under the rule of tyrannical Islam and other factions. Pray for those. I pray, Lord, that the church in the West, in Europe and in North America, would get off sitting off their would get off sitting on their hands and actually get out and, and be your hands and feet and be the church that we were you called us to be. And then last lastly, but not last of all, I pray for those people in Hawaii, fellow Americans and Polynesians who are suffering because of this massive fire, Lord, that took so many lives, destroyed homes, has left so many people stranded and homeless. The people are missing, many presumed deceased only you know i pray lord that they will be able to recover the bodies that they'll be able to do dna and 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 let the families know what has happened so they can have closure in their lives and i pray lord that you would send a sweeping revival in this and for those that are ministering for you over there in the islands lord pray for them strengthen them and encourage them because this is a hard time for them trying to do ministry trying to do your work while also i know they're suffering they've lost friends they've lost loved ones they've lost neighbors and they've lost homes and businesses themselves. Pray that you give them strength and courage. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for all that you do. And most of all, that you saved a wretch like me. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Shalem, love you. Pray that you have a good night love and good you time. Too. And we'll see you on Sunday when we do Sunday school. And we'll, uh, we'll record again in a couple weeks, and we'll see you all then. Until then, God bless.
You're listening to The Dumb Will Speak, a podcast in which we seek to honor the truth of God as revealed in His Word. 